Hello, listener, and welcome to Into the Characterverse podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to providing deep dives, impressions, and reviews for specific characters out of your favorite comic book. My name is Mike, and I'm joined by... Steven. And... Mark. <laughs> and this week we are going over episode one of Moon Knight, the... The, the fish problem? Wait, no. The, the goldfish problem. Yeah, yeah the goldfish problem. I was, I was like, <laughs> the fish? The, the fish problem. Uh, so we're going to do a uh, real brief uh, rating of the first episode, and then we're going to do spoilers. Uh, if you've listened to any of our past ones, you know how this goes. So, mm-hmm. All right. Let's start off with Audrey. Uh, what did you think of this episode? Any impressions? Uh, it was really good, and I liked it. And I wanted to watch more of it. I was disappointed it was only the first episode released. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, very good. Yeah. And yeah. Oscar Isaac was fantastic. Did you guys see the ad uh, that they released this morning about why you should watch Moon Knight? No. No. It oh, was, yes. <laughs> it, it was literally the top five reasons, and all of them were Oscar Isaac. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty funny. Ethan Hawke does a good job, too. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we d- yeah. You don't see a ton of him, though. Like, he, he, he has leaves, his one monologue, and then that's He that. leaves an impression. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Just enough. Yeah. How about you, Charlie? What, what were your thoughts on it? I, it was great. I mean, Marvel can apparently do no wrong. I mean, <laughs> this was super good, and they gave you just enough to tease you. Mm-hmm. You know, they really teased you and kind of set some cool things up. But for sure. um, it just proved why Oscar Isaac got picked for the role. Um, and we got a couple of other, you know the named characters. We got a couple of them in there just yeah. for brief iterations, which was good. Um, but I, I, I'm just excited to see all of it. I mean. I, listening to like non-spoiler interviews i mean i guess it just gets pretty wild so i'm mm-hmm. excited to see where it goes i, I could believe that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i i would agree with all of that um i very much enjoyed it i, I did find it interesting that, that most of the or a good chunk of the scenes out of the trailers all came out of the first episode which i appreciated i love yeah, that they don't <laughs> spoil a lot. yeah you don't yeah. spoil a lot you don't have a like a clear cut view of exactly what's going forward there's like there's a couple little things that you can probably speculate from but like mm-hmm. all of the ethan hawking stuff that you saw in trailers was all like the first minute he was on screen so mm-hmm. uh, no, that's not really a spoiler that's just you know letting people know so mm-hmm. no i uh I really liked it. Probably four and a half out of five. Like, oh, I, yeah. I was very much enjoyed it, and yeah, wanted yeah. Like Audrey said, I wanted to watch more. So yeah, yeah I, I was did. like two episodes. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, this is going back to the I can't wait until it's next Wednesday again. Feel oh, yeah. Um, I didn't feel this with the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I really felt this with Hawkeye, and I think this show almost tops Hawkeye in terms of that's fine. I'm, well, no, I mean just. Uh, just the feeling of I want it to be next week already. Yeah, yeah. like that that feeling. You know? yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I think part of that's probably it's a fresh character that we don't mm-hmm. know in the MCU. So yeah. agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's probably going to be the that that's it of before spoiler talk. So if you don't want spoilers, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know why you're listening to this anyway. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, go away now, or otherwise you'll get spoiled. Go watch it and come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we uh, I'm I'm reading the synopsis off comicbook.com just because that was the most concise or like the most yeah. the best one I could find. The, Hell some yeah. of, the the problem is is when it's the day of the episode coming out, it's all reactions. It's tough. Yeah. So <laughs> this one actually seemed like uh, it, more more of a play by play kind of thing, so we can break it down. So cool. like a true synopsis. Yeah. So thank you comicbook.com for that. Uh, so 
Moon Knight begins with an opening scene of a character dressed in uh in the or a character getting dressed in the morning, a character who revealed to be Ethan Hawke's villain character Arthur Harrow. The scene uh sets the tone for Harrow who is showing his religious zealot um like zealotry um doing, you know, various rituals and uh you know taking a drink of water poured out like doing some sort of tone and drinking it smashing the glass putting the glass into his shoes and then putting the shoes on uh that was proper so good yeah like give you you know like your hairs raise up yeah especially the sound it made when he stood up that was pretty creepy they continue that every time you see him Mm -hmm. walk there's that little crunch like oh it's It's almost like uh (gasps) Like cowboys with the uh, with, with the, the spurs, yeah, with yeah. the spurs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I found it interesting too. So like glass walking is an actual thing, uh, like yeah. in the real world. Yeah. But usually that's done in front of a crowd or something like that to show your devotion. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's doing it in his own like yeah, without was, anyone else knowing, yeah, like his, his own volition. Yeah, yeah. Like really shows the level of his zealotry. Mm-hmm. So his his uh, self flagellation is intense yeah yeah i mean that's just crazy like there's been a couple times where i've dropped something and then accidentally stepped on glass and it was awful (laughs) right i can't that's my worst fear (laughs) or like i don't know stepping on sharp things is not i I hate that (laughs) caltrops are a constant nightmare for her yeah they're (laughs) terrifying uh, so, uh, I saw this pointed out a couple different places, but Bob Dylan's Every Grain of Sand is what is playing over this scene. Okay. Uh, this was after Bob Dylan, uh, found God and, you know, got baptized and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. So sure. it's an interesting parallel for it. All the choices that they make are very good. <laughs> they're, they're like all, there's not a wasted opportunity. No. Yes. Yeah. No. And we we were watching a, a like a Easter eggs thing in the uh, before Charlie got over here, and there is so much like random little detail in the background, just like everywhere. Even mm-hmm. before we get a lot of reflection stuff, there's just like all of the books are by his bed. If you stop and pause it, all of them are history books. All of them are you know ancient Egypt and you know Middle yeah. Eastern and all this other stuff. So like mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. things like that. But okay. So we, after the Harrow uh, scene, we get, it switches to A Man Without Love by Engelbert uh, Humperdinck. <laughs> uh, so we meet Stephen Grant, played by Oscar Isaac, uh, in London. Stephen wakes up to find himself strapped to a bed by the ankle. He goes through his morning routine of feeding his one fin fish <laughs> Gus, taking a strip of tape off the door, calling his mom. Um, the sand, the sand is mm-hmm. what got me. Yeah. They're like. The river of sand yeah, around yeah. his bed. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Uh, so Stephen is visibly drowsy on his way uh, to work at the museum gift shop. His boss, Donna, uh, played by Lucy Th- Thickeray. I don't, I don't know who that is. I don't know. Doesn't no seem to like him particularly much. <laughs> and I don't even know if that's true. She just seems like a pretty stereotypical boss of for like retail. Oh, like, no. Yeah. She, she seemed really mean. <laughs> I don't know. She was I mean, like, if, ever, if somebody was late multiple times, yeah. I that is like a pet peeve of mine. So yeah. I could see the frustration there. Yeah. yeah. She seemed like actively hostile. And then yeah. it wasn't like it, it, it. She wasn't doing it for no reason. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. His, his accent, by the way. Yeah. Oh. It was just <laughs> really so good. good. Yeah. I mean, it was just great. Yeah. A waking world between dreams. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that we lis- both listened to the same interview. 
uh, and the host of the interview <laughs> kept doing the accent. Yeah. It was very fun. It was awesome. Love that. Uh, so his boss doesn't like him, but he has managed to land a steak dinner with the lovely tour guide Dylan, uh, played by Sephron Hawking. A date Stephen doesn't remember making. I loved how confused he was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, all right, though. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. So even though Stephen works at the gift shop, he seems to know a great deal about Egyptian history, going so far as to pointing out mistakes uh, in the museum-made promo poster. Mm-hmm. So, you know, seven seven gods represented, but there's actually nine in the main Ennead. pantheon. Yeah. The Ennead. The Ennead, yeah. Uh, so outside... One thing I wanted to say about that steak dinner, I find it very funny that he's a vegan and Mark's like best steak in the house, like in the city. (laughs) Mark's just fucking with Steven at this point already. Yeah. Uh, So outside of work, Steven uh, lives a very lonely, solitary life, barely noticeable to anyone and spending his nights talking to a street performer uh, posing as a statue. That was the saddest thing. Yes. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, he has to, he's only friends with this man he's paying to sit still and listen to him i did like when he took ah. the picture of the that couple he's like don't forget the tip so mm-hmm. like making sure that the staff yeah. street, street mm-hmm. performer well, he, at least he got tipped money. at the end too yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh well and a couple times when he well we've already seen one phone call but then he does another to his mom yes. i believe it is mm-hmm. who's uh, it's clearly going to voicemail so another relationship that we're not sure what the status is yeah, I question if it's even oh, a real. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> uh, well, that was a, like my first thought is like the first phone call and the way he was talking made it seem like either a maybe his mother's dead and he doesn't remember it ha- like him finding out that his mother was dead mm-hmm. uh, because it was Mark that found out or this could just not be a real person. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the Easter eggs that we um watched what they pointed out that in the, the gift shop some of the, the like there's a rack of um the plushies no 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 or... no the cards oh the, the cards yeah. he keeps receiving the there's a rack of postcards in the gift shop mm-hmm. so it could be mark sending him the postcards and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah. but yeah we don't see steven receiving any affection we see him giving affection and being very sweet but there's no reciprocity yeah no um and in the credits the uh street performer is credited as crowley uh if you guys remember from my recap last week but when this comes out yeah last week Mm -hmm. uh crowley was the unhomed man that uh the cab driver persona of moon knight uh friended to or no Uh, jake lockley uh no so no, I'm saying that yeah, Jake. Pers- Lo- yeah, I think it was Jake Lockley either, or it was I Stephen. I don't remember. One of them. No, befri- Stephen was the millionaire in the yes, comic I th- books. I think Stephen, the millionaire, made friends with Crowley, the unhomed man, because he okay. wanted to have a better ear to the ground. Mm-hmm. All of his personas end up being friends with Crowley, but yeah. Crowley is the unhomed man that is you know on the ground getting the information cool. for Moon Knight and stuff like that. So he's credited as Crowley in the the credits. I like that. Yeah, yeah that's a cool little detail. Yeah. Uh, there's another one that uh, comes up. I'm going to just, it's a real brief Easter egg when he gets the phone later on. Yeah, Duchard. Duchard is the uh, Frenchie, the, the person referred to as Frenchie in the recap, uh, another mercenary friend that he gets early on. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they did make a kind of a point when he was scrolling through that phone to have the one different yeah. person mm-hmm. or the one different contact, yeah. rather. Or Duchamp, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, yeah, Duchamp, Duchard. I forget. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. So not Ranch. Layla. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. So his bedtime ritual uh is 
just as strange as his mornings, including pouring sand around his bed, locking himself in the ankle, playing with his Rubik's Cube, listening to self-help tape, tapes, um, you know, reading lots of stuff. Yeah, actively trying to stay awake. Yeah, mm-hmm. but ev- eventually it does catch up to him, and uh, things get real weird real fast. Um, oh, yeah, so he throws up the Rubik's Cube, and when he catches it, he, like, wakes up in that field. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he wakes up in the field with a dislocated jaw. Uh. <laughs> That was gnarly. They yeah. did a really good job. So <laughs> the effects. Yeah, there there was a few moments in this sequence where the effects were a little off, but like honestly, it was it was me just critiquing it. So uh, overall, done really well. But it, you could yeah. definitely tell they have the budget of a TV show rather than one of their their movies. But oh. I'm yeah. not mad about it. It's it, okay. It yeah. works. On. It's still Disney money. Yeah, it's still, it's still <laughs> Disney money. <laughs> Uh, so when he finally does fall, week, fall asleep, Stephen Grant suddenly awakes in the middle of a field outside a quaint European village with his fa- uh, face all, all kinds of busted up. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out Stephen was, uh, has just intervened in an attempt by Harrow's forces to steal a scarab totem, forcing Stephen to jump out of a window in the attempted escape. Um, so as Stephen tries to piece together what the fuck is happening, uh, he is contacted by a strange commanding voice, Kanshu, uh, who demands to return the body to Mark, mm-hmm. uh, with gunmen on his tail. <laughs> the he, idiot has the body. Yeah, the idiot has <laughs> the body. so funny. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, it's like a reoccurring thing. Yes, he calls him a parasite. Yeah, and yeah he calls a him a worm. worm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very, very detrimental to Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> So Stephen's very confused, but he he runs off and makes it to a nearby village. Uh, Stephen tries to hide in a crowd of Harrow's flock of worshippers, uh, but he's quickly singled out by the cult leader after he sees some magical shit happen. So let's talk about that magical shit, because this this recap kind of just breezes over it. So Mm -hmm. we see the scales on Harrow's arm. Uh, It's two... uh, it's crocodile, Cro- crocodile yeah. heads holding up the 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 weight. Yeah. Um, in mythology, from my understanding, Anubis, the god of death, would weigh your heart against a feather, mm-hmm. and if the heart was heavier than the feather, you would be uh, fed to uh, emit emit. I think, it, which I, I'm I'm probably pronouncing it. A M M I T. Basically, your heart would be devoured by the. Yeah, so you'd be devoured by a crocodile, lion. Mm-hmm. Something I yeah. don't remember. It's like a <laughs> crocodile lion jackal. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. So what we see two of them. There's a, a younger gen, like younger-ish gentleman that gets weighed and is found to be pure, and then an older woman gets uh, weighed and she says she's been good her whole life, but you mm. know, hindquarters of a hippopotamus. Ooh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> yeah, the way the oh, tattoo. And, oh, sorry. Go oh, ahead. in the gift shop when we see him critiquing the um. Uh, Ennead on the poster, he's carrying boxes of hippos and crocodiles and hippopotamuses. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Or wait, no, no. And, uh, oh, I think God. it was a lion. Alec- lion. Yeah. That's yeah. the other one. Yeah. So, which are all the parts that make up, uh, Amit. Yeah. But then the older lady gets judged poorly, gets the red mark on the, mm-hmm. the scales, and her life force is like drained out of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought the tattoo that, vibrated and did the the measuring was pretty that was kind of a cool fact it was was a cool i don't know way to do it yeah and then using the cane to like rock back and forth as like a pendulum kind of thing it's it's pretty cool i liked it a lot the way they set that up was yeah it was it was very cultish 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The gunmen come up. They talk to Harold like, hey, uh, some shit went down upstairs. Uh, <laughs> uh, we think the guy's still around. And then Harold says something in Egyptian and all of the followers kneel except for Mark who just goes, oh, shit, and like <laughs> ducks down. Yeah. Immediately calls Yeah. Uh, it's very funny. Uh, Harrow points him out, and he seems to recognize Stephen slash Mark as a mercenary and tries to persuade him to return the Scarab, uh, an act Kanshu will not allow Stephen to do. <laughs> so Stephen's very much trying to hand it over, but mm-hmm. Kanshu just will not allow it. Yeah. And we see Stephen be more of ca- like timid, cowardly, submissive type of person. Yeah, he just wants to get rid of it. Well, and that's yeah. the thing is like if you're in that scenario and you have no idea what's going on, it's like yeah, just just hey, comply. Like, I don't you're care. Like, sure. Yeah. And they have guns. Yeah, yeah exactly. Don't fuck around no. with it. Yeah. Uh, but Harrow eventually loses his patience and commands his forces to seize Stephen, who blacks out again, only to awaken bloodied uh, from taking down all of Harrow's men in <laughs> yeah. combat with the a very bloody scarab in a very uh-huh. bloody hand. Yeah. It's so good. I, I think this is by far the most blood we've seen in an actual MCO yeah. like yeah. canon show. Until maybe Morbius. <laughs> yeah. That's the Sony project though. That's oh, not an no. MCO. That is uh, not MCU. So upsetting. Yeah, because that's a that's a Spider Man villain. Uh so Damn. Yeah. Yeah. But I it, it that also makes me wonder how intense the actual combat is gonna be when we see it, because if yeah. they're willing to show this mm-hmm. stuff as like a app you know, as the aftermath, I wonder how they're going to approach the actual combat. I, I don't think it's going to be nearly as bloody. Um, I, I think they're going to... Because, like, seeing active blood splatter is much different than seeing someone, you know, laying on the ground dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I should just say, you know, in in a, in a levels past what we've seen in Marvel shows. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. if it's going to keep in that vein or if it's going to ratchet it up a little... Even a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think we're going to get, like the boys level gore no. <laughs> that would be no. wild just you know just a, a bag filled with blood with an explosive inside just right. <laughs> oh god Let's uh see. but yeah so yeah so here so steven takes down steven in quotes uh takes down the men and then what you know he blacks out again after like running off and stealing steals a cupcake yeah he truck. steals a cupcake <laughs> cu- truck chasing down the road or whatever and uh, the guy gets inside the truck. The CGI on him jumping into the truck was the one that really stuck out to oh, me. Oh, see, I didn't even no. clock it. Yeah, no, it looked. It was one of those where it was a guy up, down. It just he didn't have any weight or anything behind sure. him. It, you know, it's a sure. real minor thing. I've been watching too many VX fa- like uh, <laughs> visual effects like breakdown things yeah. like for the last like two years. It's 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 my problem. It's no one else's problem. <laughs> Uh, but he like smashes a cupcake into the dude's face. He's like, I'm sorry about that cupcake. There's also a bullet wound. Like, uh, well, I guess later after we see Yeah, so I, yeah, I was going to do that. So after that happens, then he blacks out again. And we see a car behind him flipping. And the dude that was in the truck is like dead and like yeah. falls out of the back with a bullet wound in his head. And he has the gun in his hand and like he drops it. backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, and the song. We get there. It's pretty quick. But The song that's playing during this whole fight scene is Wake Me Up Before You Go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we, we get more fighting, things happening, and he's going to get shot at. He wakes up and then like swerves around a big truck, and then uh, that takes out some of the cars. Some of the other cars get by him, and then he yeah he blacks out, wakes up again. He's driving backwards after just uh, shooting a couple people in a car, and that one veers off the cliff. And 
yeah, no, it's a it's a pretty fun fight scene. That's where he throws the gun too. Yeah, he like throws <laughs> the gun at the car. Did he he's... just throw the gun? <laughs> yeah, he just threw the gun. Kanshu's like upset every time he wakes back up as Steven. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the scene eventually ended with the road being flattened by a landslide of logs, only for Steven to wake up in his bed as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking, you know, oh, it really was a dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how relieved he is. Yes, he's yeah. so relieved. <laughs> I at mean, that point, the, fair. Well, and the audience, I think, at that point is like, no, that wasn't a dream. I don't know. Like, I still had that unsettled feeling. Yeah. Like, but I think they did a really good job of uh, keeping you confused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is we have we very much have an unreliable narrator with large gaps and whatever the fuck is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that in this first part because in this first episode kind of gives you that. I mean, it just leaves it really ambiguous, really vague, yeah. and you've no idea what's actually happening and if what happened it actually did happen. Yeah, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, just because of what you said, the unreliable narrator, which is kind of unique. Yeah, and it's a cool storytelling mechanic, and it doesn't feel cheesy or forced in, no. in no. the way that he's portraying you know his um the disassociative identity disorder so yeah. that's kind of mm-hmm. cool yeah no I, I like the way they've been doing it yeah. mm-hmm. uh so steven wakes up everything seems normal the line in the s- sand is still or there's no line in the sand he's still uh, like tied to the bed the tape is still on the door like mm-hmm. everything seems normal ish until he realizes that gus has two normal sized fins mm-hmm. <laughs> And he freaks the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> um, he he runs to a local pet store and with the fish in a blender because um, apparently he didn't have anything else to put it in. And Nothing like, that's sealed, I guess. Yeah. And it was like, my fish has two normal fins. It didn't have two normal fins. Like, yeah. And then she's like, what are you talking about? You were in here yesterday, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. And then he realizes what time it is. It's like 6 p.m. ish. He's supposed to meet first date at 7. And he's mm-hmm. like, wait, no, I just woke up. That's not possible. Like. Mm-hmm. All this other stuff. Apparently, he doesn't work on Fridays because he was not worried about work whatsoever. Uh, I guess. No. <laughs> yeah, must be. Well, retail. Uh, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> well, the museum could be closed on Fridays too. Yeah. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so he's m- missing a pretty significant like portion of time, um, and he he goes to the uh, restaurant and waits and waits and waits, and his date never shows up. So he calls her. And then she's like, you have some nerve calling me, mm-hmm. like, you stood me up. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, it's, you know, Friday. And she's like, no, it's, it's fucking Sunday, bro. Like, <laughs> and she specifically calls out his accent. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, are you, why are you talking oh, like no, that? No, no, no. That's no. Layla. Later. That's Layla. We're talking, oh, we're talking yeah. Dylan, the, the tour yeah. guide. Yeah. Yes. He hasn't found the phone yet. Yeah. She she just is like, no, d- like, you're super late. Yeah, yeah you're super right. late. Okay. No, yeah, mm-hmm. it, you know, you're good. It's <laughs> The thing is, is there's parallel, like, things happening. Like, there's Dylan and then there's Layla. Yeah. Like, there, mm-hmm. he's got two lives. So, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he, he goes back to his apartment um, and he notices scuffs on the ground. He moves his table to where the scuffs were, finds a loose board in the ceiling, you know, uncovers it. There's a phone in it. He looks through it that's where we find all of them from layla all the missed calls and then one from uh dash champ or dash champ or (laughs) dash who knows um i'm gonna call him croissant Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh and then she's like you know who the fuck are you like where the fuck have you been you haven't told me if you're alive or dead like i've been trying to get a hold of you like what's up with the weird accent like Mm -hmm. he's like what accent yeah (laughs) 
And then she's like, he's like, you called me Mark. And then and that's when it starts to click. Like, that's who, like, what he was being called in his dream the, that mm-hmm. night before. So that makes him very uncomfortable. And he's kind of freaking out, like, looking around at stuff. And he keeps hearing, like, don't look into it. Stop looking, blah, blah, blah. And he, yeah. We, we get the first uh, instance of the mirror not reacting the same way as the character on screen. Mm-hmm. So we see the mirror shaking its head no while um, Stephen doesn't do that <laughs> i liked it a lot it was very good I, it it gave me um i don't know like good horror movie vibes yeah mm-hmm. yeah and uh, like uh, every single time like the shadow's not reacting the same it's in shadow at, at least at the beginning mm-hmm. uh but he starts to freak the fuck out with everything going on so he like the lights start to flicker so he runs away he goes to the elevator don't go to an elevator in like an earthquake but whatever Mm -hmm. um and he's trying to get to the ground floor and then it stops on three and three is empty he goes to two and then you see Kanshu walking towards him this is the scene in the uh, trailer where the old lady walks in he's Mm -hmm. like oh lost contact or whatever and like old lady's very freaked out about him (laughs) and now instead of going to the ground floor they're up at the fifth floor and Mm -hmm. old lady's like i'm visiting a friend right here she's here this is my friend she's expecting me yeah yeah don't murder me, dude. Yeah. Um, and then he uh, turns around and Khonshu's right there. So we get the first, like, real clear picture of Khonshu up close. Like, mm-hmm. all the detail on the skull and everything like that. Very cool. Um, Big old bird skull. Yeah. yeah and then Stephen so yells and uh, is now on a bus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he he's suddenly transported to a bus uh, the next morning. So he's missed his entire morning routine mm-hmm. and is now on the bus to work. And we we realize that well, as he gets off the the bus, well, we see we see Kanshu like in, in the street as it's going by. But then we when he gets off the bus, Harrow is on the bus, mm-hmm. so he might and, might've, and so, he he notices that too, and he's like, Ugh. oh no. <laughs> so yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, Harrow might have been chasing Mark and, or Stephen, and that's how we ended up here. Like Mark took over and got away, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, no, doesn't he say, because when he's in the village, he says his name is Stephen Grant, and then they track him down. No, they do. But I, what yeah. I'm saying is Mark Spector took over to get away from oh, Harrow, yeah. like was chasing him, and that's why he got on the bus, and Harrow was on the bus. So, like, he's yeah. either being followed or he's being chased. We don't really know. No. Yeah. It was speculation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, Harrow knows who Stephen is, just because Stephen told him everything, mm-hmm. all yeah. very identifying features about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But Stephen gets to his job, uh, and Harrow is waiting for him. Uh, yeah. So Stephen is actually a gift shop worker, uh, which, you know, surprised Harrow that the, he was telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, but Harrow goes through the, the story of Amit. Amit. I don't know how to say mm-hmm. it. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, but kind of teasing knowledge of uh, Stephen's condition and talking about everything that's going on. This is where we get the Avatar reference. Uh, <laughs> that was incredible. When, when that happened, I was like, oh, man, this is Charlie's for Charlie. So yeah, I was pretty, I, I yeah, laughed pretty hard at that. <laughs> Avatar, I love the Blue People movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then they mentioned the better anime. Yeah, the better anime, like, which yeah. is very funny. Yeah. Um. um I, did you... Did you already talk about like what what specifically Amit's like thing is? Uh, what do you mean? Like what? Oh, it's like mission. Yeah, yeah, his mission. Oh, so or uh, her mission to essentially judge people and take out people that are not pure. That's okay. more or less what it breaks so, down to. Yeah, so uh, Amit judges your whole life 
even things that you haven't done yet. So it's very like they were talking about minority report a lot in the interview that we listened to. And um, there's also like um, it's also a theme through with the TVA and uh, with Kang the Conqueror. Like, yeah. Um, but his purpose is to basically like weed out these bad people and have uh, Amit judge them. Yeah. And make the yeah. world a better place. Yeah, you get you get the 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 Hitler argument like mm-hmm. if you took out Hitler, we get the Armenian mm-hmm. Armenian genocide, which I thought that was an interesting one to call out, but I mean, hey, you know what? I mean, the U- the US just recognized the Armenian genocide, but and then uh, right. also Pol Pot uh would yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they could have pulled yeah. anything. Yeah, there's there so many they could have pulled bad from. person, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I found just uh, the Armenian Genocide and Pol Pot I found specifically interesting because there, there's quite a few, like, big ones from history mm-hmm. you could pull from. And admittedly, absolute bastards. The, those things mm-hmm. are real fucked up. I just found that interesting that those were the ones that they decided to go with. Um, they're yeah. trying very specifically in this show to have... Arab representation as well as like yeah ac- like having more people behind this the scenes be yeah. involved with uh Egypt and Arabic culture and that kind of thing yeah uh because you know that's what the show's about so like <laughs> makes sense yeah yeah <laughs> you know but uh Harold kind of tries to recruit Stephen giving him the spiel and then uh ascent- and you know the knowledge of the condition and then uh he faces Harrow's judgment and then finds chaos inside of him the mm-hmm. the the balance can never equal out it's just you know freaking out yeah the scales don't ever settle mm-hmm. yeah so then uh Stephen runs away uh <laughs> <laughs> bye so even though Stephen uh, runs away, he discovers to his horror that uh, Harrow has released a dog-like creature that night. He has to stay for inventory, and he hears like a dog barking. So he goes to check it out, and then he finds out that there's this jackal creature stalking him. So this it, there's a lot of good horror elements in here, where mm-hmm. there's like just movement in the background, the glowing eyes, all this other stuff. We get a lot of reflection stuff going on here, where he's walking by mirrors or like cases and the the reflections in the uh cases aren't following what he's doing and then we get imagery of like a cracked face and then it lines up perfectly with his face so you get the dual sides of two mm-hmm. different personalities and then we also get like a two-headed uh yeah. statue as well at one point yeah there's a statue with two figures that are identical that he hides behind and yeah. it's like they're connected through the middle yeah lots of very relevant imagery here yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah uh it's very cool um but yeah they they uh, eventually get tracked into a bathroom and he locks the door uh it's a very weird bathroom it's just kind of sinks i don't know like <laughs> I, I don't i don't know I, if it was like a two two room bathroom I, where like all the stalls and stuff are beyond but so this happens in like ladies restrooms sometimes mm. because uh you know they gotta you have to have stalls so if you need a really big one they'll have a court like one entrance a corridor for sinks and just around a corner there's like a corridor of just stalls interesting yeah that's Fancy cool. bathroom. Yeah, we yeah. get troughs a lot of the time. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it, Mark is and Stephen are in front of mirrors, so we we start seeing all, like a uh, the the Mark is talking to Stephen through the mirrors, like, "Hey, I I can get us out of here. I just you need to relinquish control and let me take over." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then eventually, all of Stephen's reflections disappear, and it's just Mark and Stephen talking. And they do really cool camera tricks with it, like. Mm-hmm. showing mark like pointing at stuff and then the camera will pan and you'll see steven moving that direction and you know it's it's pretty cool yeah but and that's uh that was one take yeah um, apparently it was so all one take said, yeah. yeah so that that was super cool 
Or the director said, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just nuts how they, like, I, they, they talk about it a lot in the interver- interview, but Oscar Isaac talks about his process um, playing the same character or playing the two different characters using the same costume and yeah. how that can be really difficult because you can't you can't differentiate you don't who have you physical, are <laughs> yeah you don't have physical signifiers but he does such a good job yeah no he does a fantastic job here uh but uh steven relinquishes control mark uh unleashes moon knight uh right as the creature busts in uh one th- detail that was pointed out to me was you see the um the wrappings start to form around him mm-hmm. but none of the wrappings are in the reflection that could just be like a visual effects like mistake that it wasn't happening but i i do find that interesting that like the costume might not be real <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah i don't know who knows uh but the we we get a full-fledged moon knight here and he, as he uh pulls the jackal back into the bathroom and mm-hmm. it beats the shit out of it and then we end with a cut of moon knight turning mm-hmm. around with glowing white eyes yeah uh the when he's doing his sailor moon transformation <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh hieroglyphs flash on the walls and there's like etchings behind him on yeah. each side i liked it i liked it a lot no and that's very cool the thing that was terrifying steven moon knight is making scared of him yeah so. mm-hmm. no it's it's a it's very super cool good. yeah it's super cool transformation and he brutalizes that jackal yeah. like ugh. he really mm-hmm. punches the shit out of him <laughs> yeah so yeah that that was the the end of the episode mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, additional episode. thoughts concerns great (laughs) i loved it yeah i really enjoyed it the i wanted to watch it again yeah and i just i i wasn't feeling super great so i had to i did take a nap (laughs) yeah 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 no it was it was super good i really enjoyed it the 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 attention to detail and the symbolism and stuff like that throughout the entire episode is on point the Mm -hmm. entire time I, I know it's the first episode, it's, so it's really easy to weave that symbolism in, like, the first episode, but it's just super cool so far, and I, I'm excited to see where they go with it. They're really leaning into the dissociative identity slash legitimately potentially being two different people kind of thing, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that we're also following Steven to start with, cause since Mark is I, in the comics as the main character. I think that makes sense, though, and they they talk about how it, intentional a choice it was because mm-hmm. um, it's like you know i'm a newcomer to moon knight so was the director and so were a lot of the cast so having an easy entry point where you can identify with the with the real person quote-unquote yeah or like the most normal por- person quote-unquote that's probably why they didn't make him into the millionaire <laughs> weird like bruce yeah. wayne type of situation yeah well and the, making him like a museum gift shop runner is person also makes it Accessible. pulls it away from the batman trope very mm-hmm. hard like <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i'm a big fan of that yeah me too me mm-hmm. too no i i enjoyed the the changes that they made for it so well i know they talked about too uh because moon knight is Throughout comics, every time they have a new writer, they take them in a new direction and they make up all sorts of new stuff or retcon or whatever the case may be. Like all the time. <laughs> they really have nothing to hold them to, you know, a comic or like a story, you know, akin to that in this show because they can just go whatever direction they want. And it, it feels true to the form of Moon Knight at this point, yeah. <laughs> as weird as it sounds yeah, to say. No, for sure. I agree. You know, they can they can just say this is our creative choice and this is where we're taking the character. And, and I think 
if it's well done, I don't. I, nobody's gonna have a problem with it. Yeah, it's not something like Captain America where I'm sure people would just throw a huge yeah. fit. You but, know, uh, actually, Captain America has bionic blast powers or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. of blah blah. blah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Moon Knight. Like I said uh, during our intro episode last week, was has like a cult following, mm-hmm. but it has not found like wide success for the most part. So. Like they 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 can really do whatever they want with this. Like I'm pretty excited to see what they decide to go do with it and where they go with it. So, mm-hmm. and I do like I said before, I'm glad that the trailers did not give away too much. So mm-hmm. no, I felt like they kept it really contained. And I I've gotten to the point too where I stop watching trailers almost yeah, because they just I mean either they give they they giving stuff away, but at the same time now Marvel is putting stuff that isn't in the movie in oh, the trailer yeah, yeah. Or, or the show or whatever. But they're doing so that like game now. Yeah. yeah. So uh, part of me's just kind of gotten away from it. <laughs> well, is it the, worth it? The intro credit changed for the Marvel logo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh, no. So Peter Parker's out because this isn't a Sony product. Uh, Rocket Raccoon replaced him. And behind Rocket Raccoon is the uh, the Eternals now. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I caught a little bit of it, but yeah, no, it was real minor. Yeah. It's just one of those random little details that because mm-hmm. they they had a long shot of Spider Man in the Iron Spider suit for a while. Yeah, well, and that was the thing. It was it they they can only do that for Sony condoned things. So essentially, things that Sony gets money for. Mm. So yeah, so yeah, that that's what we got for it. Right. Any final ratings, changes in ratings, predictions for next week? Uh, okay, so. I I think Mark is the original identity and Steven is his way of coping with the extreme trauma and violence <laughs> that he faces in his life. <laughs> um, um and I don't know. I I don't know. I don't have anything beyond that really. Yeah. Cuz just cuz there we don't really know a lot <laughs> like at yeah. all. No. Yeah, they, they've left this one pretty pretty vague. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Well, they just this episode was such a tease. Yeah, they didn't really go into any story detail or any reliable story detail aside from we have person A here, person B. You know, I mean, it's very we're just setting up characters, so Mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting how they pull those apart. Yeah, and I'm interested to see. So I've I've seen some of the the extended cast list. I am very curious how they're gonna weave some of these people in. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to throw too much out. Um, uh, I think Mephisto is gonna be in here. No, (laughs) confirmed. (laughs) Mephisto confirmed. We're swapping from the Egyptian pantheon over to Christian pantheon in the same series. Yes, yes. uh, uh, (laughs) Seems like heresy but here we are hey you know what uh they all here's the thing christian mythology steals from egyptian mythology yeah and that's uh really shits on the egyptians too that's a fact yeah so come at me but whatever (laughs) but yeah no i i'm i'm interested to see where it goes i think harrow is gonna be someone different than harrow because uh, Harrow is a nobody in the comics. Like, he's only in, like, an issue. Right. Yeah, this guy seems like the capital V villain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if they're going to do some smaller villains. Like, if they're going to try to bring in Bushman or something like that. Cause that yeah, he more... is on the cast list. Yeah, yeah. so that, that that's oh, yeah. closer to, like, a like a Killmonger-esque pl- character. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and they said Mark was a mercenary, kind of. Or yeah. they've alluded to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 well, they mentioned it directly. Harrow calls yeah. him a mercenary. So. Yeah, yeah. So I do wonder if I do, 
not that I wonder. I'm sorry. I like that they are giving Ethan Hawke's character. They're showing his side and his reasoning mm. behind what he's doing. You know, rather than just saying this is the villain, this is the bad guy, he's killed somebody. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to, I would say, lengths to make sure that his side of the story is known. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of Thanos when mm-hmm. you know they go through and they say. We, you know, he wants to wipe off half the population, not just because he wants to kill people. It's so that because, you know, we overburden planets, (laughs) you know. So I I think that's an interesting way that they're going about it. And I really like it. Yeah. No, they're they're definitely giving him more depth. And the the religious zealotry is always a. It's fun. It's always fun and <laughs> can be a little bit more compelling because we see so much of it in the real world that we could see where how someone would fall down this rabbit hole, especially yeah. if they had like legitimate powers. And in the MCU, you know, yeah. there are gods. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my thing. It's like if you're a religious zealot who has the capability to like do a miracle, you're like, I'm already like, oh, OK, <laughs> this seems genuine. Yeah, right. I see you. Right. <laughs> I saw someone uh, talking about, this is kind of unrelated to Moon Knight, how they would really like to see, like, character pieces in the MCU of, like, just individual people that, you know, like a priest or something like that, like, trying to come to terms with his religion after seeing all the shit in the world, mm-hmm. or just, like, someone that returns from the blip, like, out of nowhere that was, like, a nobody mm-hmm. that doesn't turn into a superhero. They're just a person trying to deal with their everyday life. Like, what the fuck is going on? What do it, I do yeah. now? Like, It's an interesting setting. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be fun for some, like, smaller, like, movies or something like that, just to fill in some oh, gaps yeah. in the, the universe. Especially because the technology and stuff like that is advanced so far in the MCU with Tony Stark and stuff like mm. that. Like it would be interesting to see what the normal world is like. We got a little bit of that with Hawkeye, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Anyway, the trickle down effect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trickle down economics. <laughs> All right. I think that's what we got this 100% week. 100% of the time. <laughs> 100% of the time. It works 0% of the time. Uh, so yeah, I think that's all we got for you guys this week. Appreciate you joining us. If you want to get a hold of us, we're on all the socials, character pod, pretty much everywhere. Or everything's down in the link tree link down below. Uh, we do have the Patreon. We have started uploading a bunch of stuff to that recently. Uh, the new, we have Batman. Uh, the Batman, Batman mm-hmm. Begins. Batman. Yeah, we have Batman Begins on there. Charlie's been continuing his playthrough of Guardians. and uh, What's up, Vengeance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's all we got for this week. So uh, thank you for joining us. My name is Mike. I'm Mark. And I'm Steven. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> thank you for joining us and talk to you next time.